I'm here today with Sarah Lawson. Sarah, now it's quite clear to me that you've got a Scottish accent, but that might not mean you originated from Scotland. How come you've got a Scottish accent? I was actually born in Leeds and moved to Blackpool when I was four. And then from there, we moved up to Scotland and spent most of my growing up years in Scotland. <laughs> so um, when you finally arrived in Scotland, sort of what age was that? Uh, I was four or five when we went up there. Oh, so just a little toddler. So that's where you picked up your accent from all the locals there. And uh, obviously you went to the local school there. Yeah, um, for my life, I had to change my accent because I was getting so many people taking the mick out of the English. So, uh, yeah, very quickly picked up the accent and, yeah, spent my schooling years, yeah, the local primary school and the local high school. And I'm sure you made some good friends there, not ones that were taking the mickey out of your accent, but some good friends. You had some good friends at school. Yeah, um, I'm still in touch with two of them, my two main friends, um, just Facebook friends now. But, yeah, school wasn't easy for me I did struggle a lot with it but yeah so you were living in Scotland now I'm not very good at accents uh, I can perhaps pick out a Glaswegian and maybe an Edinburgh and maybe maybe Inverness you're you're tending towards Glasgow Where whereabouts did you live then um so we lived in a place called Cumbernauld um it was a new town and um yeah we were uh, lived there for oh probably for about 14 15 years we had to move house because my nanny came to live with us. And then once she had passed, we moved over. Oh, no, it was before she passed. We moved to Motherwell area. Right. So living in Scotland for um, 14 years. But I understand that you started moving around quite a lot after your school years. Yeah. So um, I actually stayed in Scotland till I was 24. So that's what, 20 years altogether. But yeah, from there, went out to America for a few months and then moved to London, then Ireland, then Bristol. And then back to Scotland and then down here. Great. You're a well-travelled lady. This sounds interesting. The States, you went out to the States. Oh, tell us something about that. Yeah, um, so we had a YWAM group come to our church in Scotland and I stayed friends with uh, one of the girls. So I just had reached a point in my life where I hadn't travelled and I went over to stay with her for three months. Uh, it was in Austin, Texas. And yeah, that was it was really, really good. I needed to make the break and start to think about my future. I could have. I had an opportunity to um, work in a church over there because somebody from our church had moved over to pastor over there. But I couldn't get the visa, so I came back. <laughs> Oh, right. And anything significant happened while you were there? Oh, anything significant. I think I, I spent a lot of time on their college campus. I wouldn't say significant as in a major thing, but it was really inspiring to me to be around these Christian kids. You know, we were all in our late teens, early 20s, and it was just, it was nice to see what that was like on college and how, you know, because you hear stories about American colleges. But that, I just remember it being really impactful and made so many great friends over there. So, yeah. Did they cope with your accent okay? Yeah, they all laughed at it and would get me to say strange words. <laughs> like saying, like Matt Hebditch does this thing now where he tries to say, get me to say brilliant. Because <laughs> brilliant would roll in the R's. But they would do that. They would say, say this word, say that word. <laughs> oh, dear. That's not fair, is it? Oh, great. So you came back from there, but clearly... you. Connected to the church, you you grew up in the church in Scotland. Let's just go back a second. Your time in Scotland. So, how did you become a Christian when you was in Scotland? 
Um, so when we'd moved up, my mum was looking for a church that suited us. Got told about this particular event that was happening in the town hall. So it was very happy clappy and my mum couldn't believe it. <laughs> so I was eight at this time and we went to that event. It was on every, I think it was every week at one point, And I just really felt the need to put my hand up to the altar call and uh, yeah that's how I became a Christian. How, how did your mum react when you put your hand up because she took you and along? Yeah she was sitting in the row in front of me and kept turning around saying put your hand down you don't know what you're doing put your hand down but I didn't I kept it up and the pastor um, actually saw my hand and called me up the front and he said let the little children lead them and uh, yeah it was quite significant to me even though my mum thought I didn't know what I was doing. <laughs> did you have Brothers and sisters going to the church there as well. Yeah, so I've got an older brother. He's a year and a half older than me. And then my sister's six years older than me. So, yeah, we all became part of the church. Um, I'm not sure at what point they gave their life to Jesus. but It sounds a lively church, which is good. And so you're moving around. Did you find churches wherever you moved around? I mean, uh, so let's go back. You was in the States, obviously, and then you came back here. Now, did you come back to London or was it Bristol? So originally I went back to Scotland and then from there, one another friend that I'd met in America years before, she was moving to London. And I'd, I used to work with the Church of Scotland Social Work and I'd taken a three-month sabbatical off that and my heart just wasn't in it to go back. So I was looking for work in Scotland, but I, th- I felt that I'd, I'd had that little bit of independence. It was time to just go. So um, I moved to London with her. Church-wise, it was very difficult. I I did try different churches, but I just never felt, you know, I would say probably those were my wilderness years that I couldn't really connect. What, what part, what side of London was that? Um, mainly, I think it's South Tooting and Wimbledon. They, they were the areas that I lived in mainly. So you moved on to, uh, I think you said Bristol, not sure. Um, after that, I went to Ireland. I just wanted away from um, the rush. Oh, so many places. I can't keep track of all these um, countries that you've been to and regions. But anyway, yeah, so you went to Ireland. That, now, that sounds interesting. Was that um, the Republic of Ireland or Northern Ireland? Uh, yeah, Republic. So my sister had married an Irish guy who lived on this little island off the West Coast. Um, and my mum would travel there quite a lot and when I left home she just decided to move there so that became home instead of Scotland so yeah I'd gone to Ireland and the the one thing I'll say with God is that everywhere I went the jobs that I got were to me were beyond my reach even though I felt in the wilderness of it he was just continually showing up for me and, and giving me these amazing jobs um but like all things, like Ireland came to an end. And by that time, my brother had moved to Bristol with his wife and baby. And he says, why don't you come over and nanny for us? So I thought, why not? I did that. And that's where I met my now ex-husband. And they moved back to Scotland, my brother, and then went back to Scotland. So I stayed down in Bristol and used to go to Carmel. Oh, yes, yes, I know that. We pass it, actually, when we're going via Brislington on, on the Canesham Road or whatever it is. Yeah, I can see that in the distance there, that church. Yeah, so that was good. And that some people there got us through a really, really tough time. With Obviously, Poppy was born three months early and spent four months in hospital and we nearly lost her. And, and there was a couple, Sarah and Andy, um, who would... You know, just come and spend time. This, especially on this last particular night, where they had to do a major operation on Poppy, and it was touch and go. 
and we just spent time in prayer with them. So, yeah, I think that was good. Is it just the one you got, just Poppy you have, or you got other children? Um, so I've got Poppy, who's now 17, and Dara, who's 14. So Poppy's got all her disabilities, and Dara's just this year been diagnosed, last year, with, with autism and stuff as well. So I got my hands full. You certainly have. So let's move on from uh, your Bristol. Uh, so where did you go after Bristol? I went back to Scotland, um, rejoined the church that I'd grown up in, um, and we stayed there, or I stayed up there for 10 years. And I, I think in that time, unfortunately, I'd had Dara, but my ex-husband, he got cancer and there was just a lot of stuff. So he ended up coming back down. Uh, we decided it was best, you know, just to be friends. So he moved back down here and I stayed in Scotland for a good few years after, I would say. Yeah, seven years after. Was it the same place in Scotland? So same area. We were now in Motherwell area. So we'd gone from, I didn't move back to Cumbernauld, but I moved up to Motherwell area, which is where the church is. And yeah, we'd stayed there for a while. And then then finally you came back down here. Yeah, I finally came back down here. I just, as Dara was getting older, it was becoming, it was it was hard. And I felt I just needed a bit of support. So their dad and dad mum would come up to Scotland every six weeks and stay. But... And they kept saying, would you move down? And I was like, no, 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 no. <laughs> but then I just thought, why not? Like, I've got nothing here. So, yeah, that was nearly five years ago now. And there's a story there. You're finding a place. If you, uh, if you can just briefly tell the listeners some of the details. Yeah, so we rented a house and during COVID, the landlords, they were in Qatar, but they wanted their house back, which I knew, but we had to get out pretty quickly. A few months prior to that, I had put our names down on, I suppose, what you call the council list. We weren't really rated. So I I queried that and it came back and they said, we've had you on the wrong thing all the time. You should be top priority. So then I had to check for houses each week. But there was a new build being offered, this area, and they would um, design the house according to the disability needs. And I put my name down for that. I think that was in the October before and just forgot about it. Until one day I got a phone call and this man said, um, I have no idea why I'm phoning you. Um, <laughs> he said, I know of you. Um, your name is in a pile of folders on my desk, but you're at the bottom. He says, well, you were at the bottom. He says, but for some reason you're at the top of the pile today. I've had a look at your situation and I want to offer you this house. That can only be God. Like that, that blew my mind. And yeah, that's we got this amazing house that suits Poppy and us all, really. And it sounds as though it's a new house, so it's probably well insulated. This weather and this energy crisis we're having, I bet you're pleased you're not living in Scotland. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> although, like I do, I'm, I think I'm adapting now. I do find it a little bit chilly down here now, although I'm like, but still no jacket today, even though it's minus temperatures. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it's good. At the same time, you found the church here, uh, um, Welton Baptist. Yeah, I before I came down, because I had left the church that I'd grown up in um, and we were a bit wandering, we couldn't really find another place. So 
I made that. I said to God, I really want to find a church when we come down. So I just went on the website on the internet and Welton popped up and I knew straight away, even before I came down, I knew that this was going to be good for us. And yeah, the first week that we came was the Enfest week and it was just lovely. And yeah. Right. So um, one of the reasons for um, your moving was hopefully to get more support from the likes of education system and housing. Has that turned up trumps for you? It really has, obviously, with this house that we're in now and um, one of the... The things that I actually had to work through was I, in Scotland, I rented properties. Now, I could only rent for two years because circumstances would change. Um, but this house, I never have to move out of. Well, I will eventually, but what they've said is we're in the system now. So I've got that guarantee that we're never going to be homeless. Um, I never have to struggle to find a house again. Amazing. Um, Education-wise, for Poppy, like... Um, one of the things they said in Scotland was that she had developmental delay and they wouldn't look at anything else. But coming down here and, you know, this was a, a real blessing for us. They tested her again and said, actually, she's got severe learning difficulties for education. I then had to get my head around the fact, oh, because they said she won't live independently. She won't do this. She won't do this. But Poppy and I are like, oh, you absolutely are going to do all these things. She's just ready to show everyone that she can do whatever she wants to do. So she's now actually at Bath College. It's a tutor. It's called Partnership for Learning. So the tutor comes to the house. Now Poppy's routine is on a Tuesday morning. She goes to help at Sunbeams. And then on a Thursday afternoon, she goes to help down at one of the local primary schools with her tutor. Um, and her tutor just picks her up and takes her there. And she also goes to the gym three times a week. I have to take her down. Um, but even for Dara, he's always struggled with school. And he hadn't been at school for nearly all of last year, just with different things. And the school weren't really being great at figuring it all out. But new head teacher. I think it was a new assistant head and a new Senko officer at school. And he's now in a place called The Hive, which is in Kensham. So on a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday morning, a taxi comes to the house, picks him up, takes him there and drops him back at lunchtime. So his education now is, I feel like those two things are amazing. And I don't think I'd have got that in Scotland. So I feel it's good. It's so encouraging to hear that. There's often a lot of negativity in the press and on the television. But it's nice to hear that there's good stuff happening out there. And you're benefiting from that. And has Dara got any interests or things he'd like to achieve or ambitions? He, he wanted a guitar for Christmas. Um, one thing which blessed my heart last year, he said that he would love to learn to play the guitar so that he could be in the worship team at church because he felt that that would help him be at church. Um, but I don't know how to play the guitar. And he's not... To sit and actually study by himself, that's just really difficult. He doesn't do that, so... Yeah, I'm on the lookout for anyone who wants to teach Dara how to play the guitar. <laughs> right, any listeners out there, note and contact Sarah if you can help. And that sounds really good, a good thing to do as well. And with the opportunity of the, the chapel refurbishment, there's going to be some new exciting stuff coming along. You know, possibly uh, weekday clubs that that sort of thing could, could we could do. Right, really busy lady, you've got so much... Um, a handful of everything, really. Uh, have you done anything exciting, you know, like become an astronaut or anything like that? Uh, no. <laughs> um, I once paraglided off the side of an Austrian mountain. <laughs> um, Kitzbühel, have you heard of Kitzbühel? You see it on Ski Sunday. Um, and this was before I was married. Um, 
my ex-husband and I, we had always wanted to go to Austria, so he booked us a long weekend there. And it was the second day and we were sitting having breakfast and we're like, what shall we do today? And he, I can't remember it was whether it was me or him who saw this poster about paragliding and we both thought this was a brilliant idea. Let's go for it. So we went up the mountain, met the people and uh, he's like, you go first. And I'm thinking, oh, no. So they strap you in. So the guy's behind you. I'm in front and he said right just run down the mountain <laughs> oh my gosh so I ran down the mountain um, but I get really dizzy I can't do spinny things and I said please do not spinny me in the sky but he did um, but I made it down safely so then I went back up the mountain because you had to go and watch my ex-husband do it and that, that made me giggle because he was taller than the person running so he's running but his legs went away from him so all he's doing is skiting along on his bum as he's going down this mountain and you could hear the man say stand up run run (laughs) but like it was an incredible experience um but yeah I've got no plans to repeat it again (laughs) oh that sounds oh incredible well that that does take some courage to do something like that Courage seems to be something that you have in abundance by the sound of it with all the things that you've been up to. Right, so you seem to be really well connected within the church. You were looking after the office at some stage um, or or doing some admin duties in the office. Perhaps just give us a little breakdown on that. I know you're not doing it anymore. Yeah, so no, I was just doing really whatever was needed. Um, uh, Matt Coombs would ask me to do we jobs and stuff so yeah I did spend some time in the office there and I think just where I was at last year I just needed a break but I am back had my first office meeting last Friday and it just feels so great to be back and be part of it all again. It's good, isn't it, to be contributing in whatever way and um, clearly uh, you're in your comfort zone with this are you? Yeah definitely I think um, when I was uh, 15 I had to get my first job. My nanny came to live with us. Um, she was bedbound, and my mum, for one year, decided to repeatedly break her leg. Um, and I was at home <laughs> looking after them both. My, my brother and sister had moved away. Um, so very quickly after that, I had to get a job. I don't know how, but God has always blessed me with incredible jobs. And I always seemed to get top marks in secretarial, even though I never studied for it. Didn't particularly like it, but I could see the path that God was putting me on. So... I think now that I've been working for the church, you know, I did the barn dance last year and then these community meals. I just really, I'm passionate. I don't know, I really enjoy it. Um, I don't get stressed when I'm organising events, if you like. So I'm kind of beginning to think maybe that's my little gift is all these little events that the church do. All the skills that you developed over the years have come together and made you comfortable with that, but given you the opportunity at the same time that you can do these things. And you're doing the community food meals, aren't you, right now? Yeah, so that's fun. I have to stab 120 baked potatoes this Sunday, so I might get sore hand. Um, But no, that's good because it's about, I look to include people in that who, not the same old people, I try and get new people each time so that I'm trying to give everyone a chance of becoming involved and making stuff and and just being a part of it all, really. And it's good to delegate as well. And I'll just say to the listeners, if if you're approached by Sarah, um, say yes. Yes, please. That would be really good. (laughs) No, it'd be good because there is a lot that goes into it before and after. And part of it, you have to cellophane all the plates back up in piles of 10. 
And it's it's a lot. So the more hands on deck, the quicker it goes. <laughs> Clearly, we do need lots of hands on deck, but we also need an organiser like yourself to get it all orchestrated correctly. So, Sarah, well done. You, you're brilliant at it. Yeah. I can see you enjoying it as well. It's not. I think I would get stressed. I do get stressed if things don't go right for me. But um, that's, that's really good. Things um, with having a gift, and I think if, like, I think the mats have taught me this about passion. You know, you have to be passionate about the things. And I always struggled. What is my gift, God? And but it should be easy. It should be something you really enjoy. And I don't know how, but this comes easy to me. Mm. Um, and that is God, <laughs> I can only say, because, you know, with every, with the way I, I've got so much going on in life, this should be an added pressure, but it's not. It's an enjoyable, I just love it. I don't know what else to say. <laughs> it's quite clear that God has gifted you, but he's also made the way possible with looking after your children in the way that are now being looked after by the social service system. It's all very encouraging. Um, you're so faithful as well. You've been uh, mightily blessed in so many uh, areas i know we all have issues to handle how have you managed to be blessed so well i think my heart is definitely childlike you know i don't act my age and i'm very simple but no i don't mean that in a derogatory way i'm very simple about things and i feel like you know a lot of us feel that we probably need to work to get god's blessing i honestly don't he's promised us and it says in the bible he's a father to the fatherless and i didn't have a dad you know and he i had to learn how to approach him as a father i didn't know what that looked like and i'm still learning what a daddy does for their daughter um but yeah i just i think he well he knows my heart and no matter how many mistakes i make or where i mess up he's still like he loves me like and and the beauty of god is that there's nothing that we need to do. There's nothing. He just loves us and the the blessings are all there. Like and I don't know. I also don't know. I just <laughs> I just feel very blessed as his daughter. Great. Sarah, it's been absolutely fabulous talking to you and you're so encouraging. And I hope the listeners will be encouraged by all the various things that have um, gone on in your life. And I'm sure there's lots of things that we haven't uh, covered right now. And if there's any listeners that want to come up to you and have a chat, you know, um, please, um, uh, Sarah is only too willing to um, have a chat. So once again, uh, Sarah, thank you very much for this interview. Thank you. It's been lovely talking to you. <laughs>